So in the year 1990, I received the call to become your pastor. I had to decline that call. I could not accept it. But in the telephone conversation afterwards, I was invited to come over for a visit together with my wife. And although I had never flown and had never preached in English, I accepted the invitation. So the next year, 1991, we flew from Amsterdam to Vancouver and we stayed with the Denmark family. We have many fond memories of the people we visited, like driving with Len and Gerda Koyman to Ledbridge so I could preach there. I remember in the car, Len told us about the flood in Holland and how they were rescued and how that traumatic experience was used for his conversion. Before we left Canada again, back to Holland, we had a meeting with the entire consistory, their wives, plus Pastor and Mrs. Kark. And several people present were asked to tell how the Lord had saved them. And it was a blessed evening. I will never forget. Those two weeks and two Sundays, I connected with the congregation. Although I felt a little bit like your pastor, I, had, I was not your pastor. And in the meantime, Pastor Hoffman Sr. had accepted the call to children. So in the years after that trip, I often showed pictures of Chilwag to the young people and to the confession class in Holland, and also conveyed something of those testimonies I heard of God's grace. In the spring of 1996, Pastor Hartman Sr. accepted a call to the Netherlands. When I heard that, it shook me. And... I immediately felt a deep concern for you. I felt as if I was drawn to the congregation with invisible ropes. I began to listen to English tapes again, felt kind of disconnected to the Dodra church, and told my children of the burden on my heart and the calling I felt. However, I had not received the call yet. And one of the children asked me to stop thinking of Chilwag as I would not receive a call for a while yet either. Because that time of the year, usually the graduating students of the theological school receive calls. So I just put out of my mind. I didn't talk about it anymore and tried not to think about it anymore. But then in June 1996, we were sitting at the breakfast table and the telephone rang and Pastor Hoffman called, informing me of the ministerial call from Chilwag. Then I came back to the, to the breakfast table. I told Maria and the children and it became very quiet. I had three weeks to decide. And in these three weeks, I was in God's providence, scheduled to visit the NSC Synod in Grand Rapids. 
I flew to Grand Rapids, joined the Synod as an advisor and participated at the meeting. And I remember so vividly that Pastor Dan Hurd, being the chairman, asked me one day where I had learned my English. Because visiting ministers from Holland never spoke much English. And the Lord used that word of Reverend Dan Hurd to encourage me that he could make it well that he would help me with the language if I had to accept the calling. From hindsight, I know what happened. Many years earlier, I had sold my Dutch commentary of John Calvin and purchased the English version. And since the time, I read Calvin's commentary almost weekly in English. And at first, I thought, what did I do? What a struggle. What the difficult words. But over time, in a few years, the English language became easier, and I remember thinking it might serve a purpose someday. On my way back to the Netherlands from my trip in 1996, I could hardly think of anything else. What was the Lord's will? Accepting the cow or declining again? My heart was restless, and 2 Corinthians 2, verse 12 and 13 spoke to me. Those words, furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened unto me of the Lord, and I had no rest in my spirit. So I felt no rest in my spirit, that unrest, I don't belong here, I have to go. And the door was opened unto me. In the days following, it became clearer and clearer. In many ways, the doors were opened. And John Calvin writes so simply on this text, where an opportunity presents itself of edifying, let us consider that by the hand of God, a door is opened to us for introducing Christ there. And let us not withhold compliance with so kind an invocation from God. So kind an invitation from God. I would have felt a renegade if I would not accept the call. I knew I could not disobey and did not desire to go against the Lord's will. In the meantime, in my heart, I had accepted the call, but there was also a Dutch in it where I had to be. I attended and spoke with a number of ministers, and it was as if people knew and felt somehow. Pastor Hunker walked up to me and said, so you will accept the call to Chilwag? And as some of the ministers said, Chilwag, huh? They felt it. More of God's people. So I accepted the call. We started the immigration process, and already in the same year, 1996, we came to Chile. We arrived on December the 5th and was installed on the 11th, Reverend Hoffman Sr. officiating. Now it's 25 years later, and I preached about 2,500 sermons and conducted almost 100 funerals. 
also conduct weddings, meditations. And often I felt helped. Often I felt that you prayed for me. But also often felt my shortcomings. You know, I don't show it so easily. Sometimes I see burdens and, and, and clouds, and I, I can't do it anymore. But I may not deny that the Lord bless his word, but I also need forgiveness. I need forgiveness for not being warm enough, being an introvert, being not so personal, not so experiential maybe, and not Christ-centered enough. I thank you for your patience, your loyalty, your prayers, your support. And as you know, five years ago, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. I see it as a miracle that I can still be your pastor. I know that I now sometimes stutter and blur words, but as long as I can preach in an edifying way, I hope to continue for a while. The consistently promise to assist me in finding out when it is the right time to retire and promised to be honest with me. Please pray for wisdom. My neurologist specialized in PD is positive that in my case the progress is very slow. There's also much room for more medication if needed. Maybe in the Lord's favor. What the future brings, we don't know. I love my calling and preaching that precious Savior. And my desire is that I may preach as long as I can. Lately, you see me sitting in the consistory benches. And some assume that that means that I'm preaching less than before. That's not true. I think it's important to clarify that because I am actually preaching as much as I did before COVID started. And only less than during the COVID time. In the last two years, I hardly used any of my 12 free Sundays. And I used to travel to different congregations in North America that I could not go there anymore. So I often prepared eight sermons in a month instead of six. In my calling letter 25 years ago, it said six Sundays per, per month, six sermons per month. And the last year and a half or so, I preached eight of them. So I have brought it back to six. So the reason why you don't see me more, why you see me in the pew is that I cannot preach in other congregations. I can't go anywhere else. So now I'm staying home, and rather than taking one free Sunday per month, I plan now to take two half free Sundays per month. In closing, I cannot emphasize enough that I'm craving your prayers. Attending with a prayer in your heart has an effect on me and on yourself. May the Lord bless. Now unto my New Year's address. <clears throat> 2022 has begun. And on behalf of my family, I want to wish you all a blessed new year. 
Especially, I want to wish a blessed new year to the custodians, the organists, the ushers, the song booth staff, the consistory, the catechism class students, the children, the elderly, the teachers, the people working in the care home, the administrators of the school and of the care home. What an amazing gift that the Lord allowed us to come together and to meet as a congregation to start the year. We do not know if this year will be our last. There are many uncertainties. And I would not be surprised if the pandemic would end this year. But I also would not be surprised if persecution of Christians would increase in Canada in 2022. But should these uncertainties have much effect on us and make us feel down? Is that how we should live? We believe in a sovereign God, and sovereign means all-knowing and fully in control. The fact is that God is sovereign, and that means that in 2022 nothing will happen that is not in God's plan. What a great comfort to read in Romans 8:28, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. We have to keep in mind, though, there are two kinds of people in church also this morning. It's something that always is in the back of my mind. Two kinds of people in church. We are dead or alive. We are hell-bound or heaven-bound. We are children of wrath or children of God. We are disobedient to the gospel or true believers. This is the only segregation, the only segregator that really matters according to the Bible. So let me first speak to them born again. A while ago, maybe a year, five years, 50 years ago, you found yourself lost, didn't you? You came to the shocking conclusion that you were without God in the world and that God has worked a hunger in your heart for Jesus Christ. You tried to become acceptable to God by being a good Christian, but realized God could not accept you, but only through the blood of Jesus. So we heard of him and wondered if we would be welcome at his feet and found in Scripture that we are welcome. And the Lord Jesus became our beloved one. If you belong to these people, you do not need to fear. God is in control and he will work all things together for your good. No matter how deep the suffering might be, you have a mansion being prepared for you in heaven. And I remind you, in spite of returning doubts, all your sins are forgiven. And you are loved by the Son of God. Hebrews 10, 
having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So you are called to wage a holy war. Show that in your attitude. Show it with your money. Show it with your time. Show it with your speech. Pray often, fast. Share the gospel freely with as many people as possible. And to the, what do I call them, unrepentant ones today, Say this or this, unrepentant. I want to plead with you. Do you realize that you are still rejecting the greatest gift? Is it not God's it is not God's fault that you're not saved? It's your fault, isn't it? You do not want to be saved? Not really. Not really. You'd like to go to heaven, but you don't need God. He came to his own, and his own received him not. You're holding on to this world or your Christless religion. And this world is fading away quickly, and your life is as a mist, as a vapor, soon vanishing away. God could take your life at any moment, and then you have to give an account for everything you have ever done, said and thought. Do you not feel the urgency? Remind young people also of John 3.36 again. That, that text came up a few times, right? He that believeth on the Son has everlasting life. And he that believeth not, the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. Do you not see that incredible offer? The Lord Jesus came into this world not to condemn, but to save. So let this world and all its emptiness go and seek your treasure where it cannot be corrupted. So in closing this New Year's address, I end with three passages from Scripture. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Matthew 5, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled, filled, set aside, inheriting all things. Dear congregation, I love you. I covet your prayers as we go into another year, to God be all the glory. So far.